Welcome all those who are watching uh, online as well. We've had uh, people this morning in Australia, Romania, Slovakia, all over the world. Some real obscure places like Mississippi. <laughs> California, are all over the place. So uh, anyway, welcome to all of you uh, joining us online as well as those who watch us uh, on television here in Wisconsin. Um, <clears throat> real quickly, as uh, Ross was just talking about, our Manly Man Conference coming up. Uh, August 3rd and 4th. Uh, the theme this year is called Escaping the Matrix. Uh, and I'll explain to you a little bit what that theme is based on. It's based on the movie The Matrix. Now, if you've ever seen the movie The Matrix, it's really a cool movie. <clears throat> Sci-fi kind of thing. It also has a lot of messianic, you know, uh, overtones to it. I, I recommend it. It's a very cool movie. But in the movie, the premise is that <clears throat> human beings have been taken over by computers and machines. And that people are no longer actually living life. They're all like in bubbles. And the computers are sucking our energy to generate heat for their computer systems. And the way to keep people alive is their minds have to stay active. So they create a virtual world in which they live. The premise would be, for example, everything here is just part of a computer program. Uh, all of us aren't really awake. We're in a bubble somewhere, just atrophying until they grind us up. Uh, and we live out this world in this virtual world. So what these guys come is they're trying to wake people up and say, hey, what you're seeing, it's not real. It's the Matrix. And they're setting people free and they're fighting the machines and stuff. And, uh, and it's kind of a cool movie. Well, I was thinking about a year ago. Uh, looking at some of the challenges that, uh, and struggles that men have today, uh, I was actually on a website uh, where they were talking that the uh, testosterone level in the American male seems to be falling uh, a little shockingly. They say at 1.2% per year over the last 10, 12 years. And uh, they're not quite sure what it is. We're not just talking older guys. Uh, it happens for them anyway, but, uh, but just all guys. And uh, some say, well, you know, maybe it's our diet, maybe it's this, maybe it's that or the other. Uh, but there's increasing evidence that one of the reasons this is happening is because men are not being healthy men today. And instead of living real lives, we are living virtual lives. We are falling into a real matrix, if you will. Men, instead of going out and doing something exciting and challenging, uh, living adventures, they don't do that. Now they play video games. Uh, guys, instead of playing sports and competing, don't do that. They watch their favorite sports on a high-definition television. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Go Packers. And uh, there's nothing wrong with, you know, all video games isn't necessarily bad. Probably the most destructive one that is always bad is the porn world. Instead of men being connected with their wives, they live in a virtual world. That is the real strong evidence that that is a sucking the testosterone level out of men. Um, and I thought, you know, we, we're in a matrix. Good grief. Instead of guys really living life, we're living virtual lives and it is having a devastating impact on men. Men are becoming more and more passive, depressed, just drunk. You know, nothing's driving them because this is sucking the life out of us. So we thought this year we're going to do a thing based on the matrix. We even shot a little mini movie based on the Matrix. Oh, I'm Morpheus. And it's, it's hilarious. Wait till you see it. But uh, uh, they're editing it now. We'll show you a little trailer uh, next uh, Sunday. Just a little, little tiny clip. That's nothing. But the whole thing we'll show to you eventually. Uh, certainly at the men's conference will show it. Very, very funny. But they're talking about breaking free of this artificial world. 
and, uh, and living real life. So come be, be a part of it. Now, we have some special guest speakers coming. Uh, Craig Gross is coming. Now, this guy has a website called triplexchurch.com. The website literally is xxxchurch.com. And uh, what do you think? Wow, it's like triple X is like a porn thing. And it's, the whole thing is based on pulling back the veil of the porn industry and showing what's really there and what's really happening to men, to the people who are involved in it, the destructive patterns of it. Uh, nobody wins in this. Uh, uh, I don't know if he'll show pieces of it when he, was, when he comes. I was talking to him the other day, but uh, he, was, he did a documentary. This is, it was pretty amazing, where they went in and these porn producers who were doing this porn movie let them come in with their cameras taking pictures of them doing the movie. Now, they don't show anything, obviously, because we don't see that stuff. But what was, fa I'll never forget it. They're filming the scene, and all of a sudden the director goes, okay, cut, 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 cut. And the girl's got to go, and she's got to just vomit. Because whatever she's doing is making her so grossed out, she's got to hurl. And then she's got to re, you know, gain her composure. And then it got back, and then they continue, okay, roll it, and they kept going. Now, you don't ever see those things. These guys see these things and they think, oh yeah, these girls, women really like this stuff. When in fact, even the women who are doing it get so grossed out, they've got to stop and hurl. And they don't show these things and he shows it and he's showing the real world. And it's very, very good stuff for guys to know what's really happening in there. We've got some sports guys. Jeff Saturday with the Packers, the new center, is going to be here. I talked to him a couple of days ago. He's really looking forward to it. He says, instead of getting up and speaking for an hour, he just wants to sit on a chair and just exchange with you guys and you can ask me any questions you want faith football anything doesn't really matter uh, everything's up for grabs so that'll be kind of fun uh so anyway just keep that in mind we're gonna have a lot of fun also keep in mind you know for your sons depending on how young we don't put any limit on the age but just we talk about these kinds of things uh but better they hear it in a positive worldview than in a negative world because they're going to hear it better they hear it in the right way. Oftentimes people say, you know, why do you guys always talk about sex at your men's conferences? Well, it's a big deal with men. You can take a hundred women, put them in a room and ask them, what is your number one temptation? And you'll get 30 different answers. Chocolate. <laughs> Fear, insecurity, self-esteem, blah, 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 blah. You get a hundred guys, put them in a room, ask them their number one temptation, you'll get one answer. It is a big deal for men. Uh, you, you don't get this part of your life right, it will suck the life out of you. And we're showing you, not to beat up on guys, but just to turn on the light, man. This is how you can do life right. So anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. Jimmy Bradshaw and the Blues Band is going to be here. We're going to have a riot. So uh, check it out. Okay, we are continuing now. Matthew, the seventh chapter, uh, verse six. We are in the Sermon on the Mount. We're almost to the end. We won't quite get to the end today, but we will uh, one more shot at it, and then we start picking up steam. It's taken quite a while because, you know, he keeps making all these incredible statements. You've got to kind of explain them all. Some of them are really challenging. Uh, but these are the fundamental teachings of Jesus. If we're going to be Christians, we have to follow the teachings of Christ. I know that sounds very radical today. A lot of people like to be Christians, and they don't follow any of the teachings of Christ, but yet they consider themselves Christians. I don't know what alternate, talk about the matrix that they live in. But it's, it's about really learning what Jesus said. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Not just telling them to believe, everything will just get everybody to pray a prayer. That's not really our calling. Our calling, Jesus said, is to teach them to obey what I've told you. This, this we have failed at. We've been great in getting people to believe in God, 
believe in Jesus, say a prayer, but pretty poor in teaching what Jesus taught. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. So we're picking it up now at the sixth verse. Jesus says this. He says, do not give dogs what is sacred and do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now, he's not talking to farmers. He's talking to us. And he said, man, is, is Jesus calling people pigs and dogs? Jesus would never call people pigs and dogs. <laughs> yes, he would. And he did. And uh, he said, there are people out there that are so anti-faith, the only way to even refer to them is as pigs and dogs. Now, he's not saying this in a mean way. It certainly sounds mean. Certainly not malicious. But it is what it is. These are people from a faith worldview who just hate Jesus or anything to do with Jesus. Most people in this room, even watching me on television, know people like this. You can't say much to them and they go psycho crazy and they will go off on you, ridicule you, mock you, make your life more miserable. You need to know something. Jesus is teaching. You are under no obligation to put out your precious heart of faith in front of those people. Now, that doesn't mean you get to hide your faith. Nobody gets to hide their faith. Jesus warned against hiding your faith. He taught, he said, if you will confess me openly before people, I will confess you openly before God. And trust me, on judgment day, you want Jesus saying, he's with me. All right? I know this guy. Okay? That's what you want happening. If you will do that down here, he will do it up there. And he says the opposite. He says, if you do not confess me before people, I will not confess you before my father. Whoa, pretty serious. So this isn't a green light to not admit who you are. If you're a person of faith, you're a person of Christian, everybody in your world should know that at some level. But that doesn't mean you've got to just share every little thing that you feel about faith and righteousness and life so they can turn around and mock you and ridicule you and tear you to pieces. In fact, not only are you not obligated to do that, Jesus actually said, don't do that. Do not give them what is sacred. All right? Don't throw your pearls before swine. Don't throw your pearls before pigs. They'll turn around. They'll just rip you to pieces. Again, you don't have to be a Christian very long before you run into these people. <laughs> There's some mean people out there. And sometimes we think, well, I still have to share with them. No, you don't. Okay? Uh, look at Jesus when he was uh, on trial before Herod and, and uh, you know, Pontius Pilate. He said little to nothing to these people. You know, he's no, under, under no obligation to open up your heart and share with people who hate God and hate faith. So, he says, if you do, they'll just turn and tear you to pieces. You don't have to do that. You should not do that. Moving on, he says, now, this is a very famous portion of scripture. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be open. Now, sometimes people say, well, Pastor, I asked and I never got an answer. Yes, you always get an answer. Sometimes the answer is no. <laughs> Anybody have children? Sometimes when you love them, the answer is no. Daddy, can I stand on the car while you go around the corner? No. 
All right, you'll get hurt. You just don't give everything. But I don't really think that's the biggest problem. I've said this many times, and I'll say this till the day I die, which hopefully is a long time from now, but the main reason people don't get answers to prayer is they don't pray. That's the main reason. People don't pray. They, we freak. We panic. We cry. We whine. We bellyache incessantly. We'll even put it in the context of, pray with me. This horrible thing is happening. Pray with me. <laughs> That's not exactly prayer, okay? If freaking out and crying brought miracles, everybody would have miracles. Because that's what everybody does. That's not praying. If you're in a place where you're freaking and crying, the first thing is just calm down. Get into a place of faith. Ask. He who asks will receive. Well, I didn't receive. Well, you didn't really ask. You freaked. You whined. You panicked. That's not exactly faith. Okay? He who seeks finds. Well, I can't find one. Well, most people don't really seek. Most people are lousy seekers. We're not good lookers. Not that we don't look good. I'm a great looker. No, no. But uh, I, actually, I'm a, when it comes to looking for things, I'm terrible. Ask my wife. I'll say, where's such and such? It's in the cupboard. I'll open the cupboard. I don't see it. She says, move something. <laughs> look. Was it behind that box? <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, it's a miracle. You know, it's just, I'm a lousy looker. My idea of looking is stick my head in the room and I don't see it. You know, if you're going to look for stuff, you've actually got to look. You've got to move stuff around. You've got to expel some energy. You know how frustrating it is to look for something you can't find? Where in the world is it? I mean, sometimes we do stupid stuff. You know, like, you know, I'm, you know I can't find my glasses until, oh, there they are. You know, one of those things. That's got, the funniest thing the other day is my wife's on the phone and she's talking and she says okay just a minute Mark where's my cell phone you're using it oh yeah 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 I mean you know stuff, <laughs> stuff like that happens you know but but uh, sometimes you gotta really look that'd be good those are the easy answers sometimes it's not in an obvious place and you gotta move and you gotta lift and you gotta surge and where was I last ah, ah, ah. it takes energy the reason why most doors don't op open is because most people don't knock we ring the doorbell and walk away sad because nobody answered right away. Ding dong, I guess nobody's here. <laughs> you gotta not, listen to me. This is not just true of faith, this is true of any area in life. You get to success on purpose. It happens intentionally. Life happens intentionally. Have you noticed this? You know, and I know that you know, we have a culture today where, especially our young people, we're not really helping them in a lot of school situations where, you know, everybody wins. You know, everybody wins. Everybody gets a trophy. Even the kid doesn't even know why he got a trophy. Why'd you get a trophy? I don't know. I showed up. They gave me a trophy. You know, you know nobody can lose. You know, we're not helping them. Because I got bad news for you, young people. Everybody doesn't win. Everybody doesn't get the advanced degree. Everybody doesn't make lots of money. Everybody doesn't become a rock star. Everybody isn't famous. Probably not you. Okay, these things happen on purpose. You want to succeed in life? You got to do it on purpose. These musicians up here, 
doing what they're doing, you know. Ooh, oh man, this is great. Do you know why they're good? Because they did what normal people would never do. Sit for hours on end going, nah, 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 nah. Only crazy people do that. And we do it over and over and over and over ad nauseum. And then they get good. Wow, aren't they lucky? They're not lucky. They're working their butts off. People who got a successful business. Boy, he's a lucky guy. I wish I had a business. He's not lucky. He worked his butt off and was lucky. You work your butt up and still lose. You know what I'm talking about? A lot of us have been down there. So that life happens on purpose. Goodness gracious, we just need to talk about the matrix. We just need to shake ourselves. It's everybody doesn't just automatically win. Okay, same with faith. He who asks, people who really ask, ask in faith, receive. Those who seek God, really expend some energy and intentionality, find what they need from God. People who not and I'm not talking ringing the doorbell. I'm like, bang, 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 bang. These are the ones the doors open for them and things happen for them. They do it on purpose. Live faith intentionally. Good sermon, Pastor. Amen. Thank you. Okay, moving on. Nah, nah, doesn't count. Doesn't count now. If I got, if I got a bag, it doesn't count. <laughs> All right. So then Jesus says this, which of you, if your son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a snake? The answer, obviously, is nobody. He said, well, then if you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Now, this is an important thing that Jesus is trying to teach. One of the fundamental teachings of Christ, okay, is that your life will be better with God than without God. Now, one of the main reasons... People won't come to church or won't serve God or live out their Christian faith or anything like that. Uh, and we all have friends like this. We all know people like this. We all have family members like this. They don't want, they think if you serve Jesus, <clears throat> you lose. That's what they think. You know, well, you know, I, I don't want to be a Christian. I want, I want to have a good time. I said, there's people right now watching me on TV. Their head is pounding. They've hurled their guts out this morning already. Their money's all gone. Their eyes look like a road map. And they're looking in the mirror going, must have had a good time last night. Yeah. Seriously, this is your version of good time? Their idea, if you become a Christian, you can't have fun. If you, if you serve God, your life will be awful. It'll be terrible. That's one of the main reasons. There is this thinking that if I follow God, my life will just be terrible. When it's the exact opposite. When you follow God, you are exceedingly blessed. And for people who don't know Jesus, I mean, it's, you know, they look at us like we're crazy. And I know they think we're crazy because you're in church and stuff like this. But we're not stupid. We're not stupid. If our lives were better off not serving Jesus, we wouldn't serve Jesus. We do this because our lives are so much better. It's not like we haven't been where you are. I mean, so, you know, it's not like everybody here was perfect from the time they were born. Some of you, you've just done all kinds of terrible things. In fact, if you really knew how awful the guy was sitting next to you, you'd move over a few chairs. <laughs> 
Okay? Oh, people have done all kinds of terrible things. It's not like we don't know what we're talking about. We've lived life. We have done the wrong things. And we've learned, you know, this bites. This is awful. And we come into God's glorious gifts. And it's so awesome. That's why we choose to stay here. It's not because, you know, we're not stupid. For heaven's sakes. You know, my life would be terrible if I followed Jesus. <laughs> no, your life is pretty terrible now. Look, there's not enough money in the world to fill the hole inside of you. There's not enough booze in the world to fill the hole inside of you. There's nobody cute enough that'll ever fill that hole inside of you. God can fill that hole inside of you. All right, move on. This is probably the most famous thing Jesus ever said. It's called the golden rule. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. He says basically the whole Bible in terms of how we interact with people can be boiled up into this one simple phrase. Do to others what you would have them do to you. In other words, just be nice. Nice. The whole Bible, in terms of how we should interact with people, can pretty much be boiled into just be nice. Now that sounds simple. They're like, oh, we can do that. Give to others. Oh, we have no problem. But it's not. It's hard because we don't want to be nice. We like not being nice. And we all find ways to justify our way of not being nice. For most people, a marriage license is their excuse for not being nice. Some of you are the nicest people in the world. Church this morning, praising God, hallelujah. Till we get you home. <laughs> Yelling, screaming, screeching at each other. Ah, listen to me, stop that. Marriage license isn't permission to be mean, be nice. Well, he drives me crazy. I get it, but we work on it in a nice way. You know, people are always coming to me, asking for how they should act in a situation, but first they give me the history, because what they really want is for me to give them permission to be me. Did you follow that? Okay. Like, Pastor, I got, I got this guy over here, and he's a blankety blank, no good, dirty, and he does this, and rushing a frozen, shock a frozen, nothing, what should I do? Be nice. Well, maybe you didn't hear me, because I said he was a, he's a blankety blank, no frozen, shock just be nice. I don't care what your story is. Be nice. You hear this all the time with in-laws. You know, the, the in-law stories. You know. oh, oh, Pastor, my, my father-in-law, he's just a mean, nasty, old, gruffy person. I don't, praise God, I don't have to put up with that. I don't, I don't, they want me to come over and visit at Christmas time, and I'm not going to do it. I'm just not. What should I do? Quit being a jerk. Go over there. Be nice. Well, maybe you didn't hear me, Pastor. He's a mean guy. I'm telling you, everybody's got their thing. They want to come up with all kinds of reasons why you don't have to be nice. Be nice. Somebody emailed, Pastor, my, my father-in-law smokes cigarettes. And he's like a walking chimney, that guy. I just, you know, I, I didn't want us to come over. I'm not, I'm not going to expose my children to secondhand smoke. 
I'm not going to kill my children. I mean, it's dramatic how dramatic we get. What should I do? Quit being a jerk. Go see the old man. Be nice. Your kid's not going to die from second half smoke for being around an old man for an hour and a half. Got grief. Bigger chance of you getting struck by lightning on the way home. Twice. <laughs> oh, we all have the dramatic story. Now listen, if the kid has asthma and you're having to take him to the emergency room, you know, clear, you know, because he's around the old man. Okay, now you got something. But even then, be nice. You know, I do, Grandpa, we'd love to come over, but, you know, seriously, you're, <laughs> I can't even see you on the other side of the room. There's, there's so much smoke. And, and last time, Bobby was in the house, you know, you know, and I just, just but we'd really love to, you know, can, can we meet outside? You know, at least, at least, at least, at least the wind can blow some of that away. You know, there's still a way to be nice, but we don't want to be nice because we're fighting for righteousness. <laughs> We're so full of it, you know. I'm just, I'm a man of righteousness. Praise God, I'm going to stand for the right thing and be mean. No, don't be mean. Look at the person next to you say, be nice. <laughs> Ooh, some of you really meant that. Be nice to me, what's the matter with you? You need to be nice when you tell people to be nice, for heaven's sakes. All right. Wrapping this up, we'll end with this next one. Jesus says this, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Everybody say broad. Okay. And many enter through it. But small is the gate. Everybody say small. Small is the gate. Narrow is the way that leads to life. And only a few find it. Now this is a big deal. Here... Is it, I, the truth is, we're so far from most of these teachings of Jesus, it's enough to make you sit and cry. But here's another one we're a long way away from. The teachings of Jesus, the Son of God, who I think tended to speak the truth, is that most people do not go to heaven. Now, that's a shocker, because a lot of people just want to believe everybody gets to heaven. Just saw a survey yesterday. Perfect timing for this message this morning. 74% of all Christians believe most people go to heaven. It was very nice of them and very compassionate of them and seems very altruistic indeed. But it is not in accordance with the teachings of Christ. He did not teach most people go to heaven. He says most people won't get to heaven. Now this really disturbs some people. I had a lady at one of our campuses in Stevens Point. She quit coming to our church. Well, I, I just, I could never serve a God who would send anybody to hell. You know, clearly very twisted in her thinking. It's not about meanness. Look, Jesus has made it possible for everybody to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's just most people choose not to. They don't want to. They refuse. They will not surrender. And as we're about to read, we'll do this when I finish out this in the next message, Jesus gives us a picture of Judgment Day. And uh, he does this several times. We'll point this out as we go through Matthew here. But every time Jesus gives us a picture of Judgment Day, it's not a picture of, gee, great, surprisingly, I get into heaven. The picture he keeps painting over and over and over again, warning us, 
is that the picture on Judgment Day is how many people are going to be shocked that they get kicked out. That's what Jesus taught. And I think he knows what he's talking about. I know a lot of people think, well, hell is just for, you know, you know, Hitler and Mussolini and politicians. <laughs> or if you're a Republican, just Democrats go to hell, you know, or, or if you're a Democrat, but only Republicans go to hell. I know a lot of people think that. It's not a small, tiny group. And I know some people who get very upset about this, but, uh, and, and don't walk out of, Pastor Mark says most people don't go to heaven. Pastor Mark did not say that. Jesus said that. Okay? It's just the truth as he taught it. And it's not just one time. He says it over and over and over again. And I'll keep pointing out. In fact, if you look just at the bottom of the page there, he says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. And I'll say, I never knew you. You don't get in. It's going to be the shocker of eternity on judgment day. This, and I think... It is this, we think it's out of goodness of our heart, we want to say everybody gets in, is why so many people are not passionate about their faith. I mean, if you think, well, everybody gets in, well, it doesn't really matter what I do. I don't really have to go to church. I don't have to give any money. I don't have to sacrifice. I don't have to volunteer. Everybody gets to heaven. All dogs go to heaven. I saw the movie. All dogs go to heaven. I would argue that this is one of the key reasons so many people are impassionate today about their faith. Because they don't understand the teachings of Jesus. They've come up with their own version of teachings. It's amazing how many people, well, you read that to them and say, well, I don't believe that. I'm a Christian. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> a Christian should follow the teachings of Christ. Again, I'm not saying it. He says it. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many will go that way. Narrow is the way that leads to life few. You have to, for the last 2,000 years, people have sacrificed. They've bled. They've died. They've given up, some of them, everything they own, poured tons of their wealth into the kingdom of God to send missionaries and to build hospitals and schools and churches. All of Christendom as we know it today was built by people who sacrificed greatly, something you don't see much today. But these are people who understood, you know, broad is the way that leads to destruction. We've got to get the narrow way out there and win as many as we possibly can. This is what has motivated Christians for 2,000 years. What has kept people passionately about their faith. And I promise you, the people listening to me this morning who are passionate about their faith overwhelmingly understand what I'm talking about. And they take it very seriously. The people who just walked in here by accident this morning or you know, just happened to turn across me on TV and said, who's this idiot talking or whatever. They don't think this way. And you can tie the two together very strongly. If you, in fact, think everybody eventually gets into heaven, why, why would you do anything? Why would you give any money? Doesn't matter. Why would you go to church? Doesn't matter. Why would you feed anybody or help anybody? It doesn't really matter. We all go to heaven. The teachings of Jesus quite sadly are that that is not the case. And we need to, as passionately, as intensely we can, share the good news of God's love so that as many people 
as possible will choose to go the right way. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your teaching that we've been looking at, Lord. Help us to honor you in all that we do. Help us, Lord, to be active in our faith, to realize things just don't happen automatically. Help us to be strong askers, seekers, and knockers, and be aggressive in reaching out to you. Help us always be aware that following you always leaves us better off than when we don't. Help us to be nice to people, not just the people that are nice to us. And Lord, help us to understand the seriousness of the eternity that lies before us. Help us to realize, to be careful, to be cautious, to be committed, so that we can help as many as we can get into the narrow way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.